1: Written and read by Seymour Hamilton. Book 3 The Wanderer's Curse. Chapter 5 In Which Four Men Are Taken In By Matris. Astrea dreamed and woke and slept again and again. Each time, Cat's voice soothed away desperation, loss, disappointment, and loneliness. In their place, came a state of mind so placid that he did not remember a word she said. Eventually he woke and stayed awake. He was no longer in the room with many beds, where he had let himself plunge into sleep, but in a little cell-like space with a high ceiling. When he touched the wall beside his bed, he felt whitewashed stone. At the foot of his bed was the tall window through which he had glimpsed the stars a simple wooden chair and a small table were the only other items of furniture. As he was taking stock, the door opened, and Cat looked at him, a tray in her hands, and her head slightly tipped to one side. He sat up, noticing as he did so that he was wearing a grey nightshirt he'd never seen before. She brought him a stew that tasted of the land—chicken, carrots, and onions— all in a rich source that reminded him of the harvest time at the village. He spooned until he could see a pattern of flowers glazed into the bottom of the bowl, and then he slowly thanked her, searching for words that would convey his gratitude. She nodded, her short dark hair fell across her eyes, and when she shook it back, Estrella saw a quick smile. He had the sudden impression that he recalled her face from well before his arrival in Matris's which made no sense. "'I'd like to go and see my friends,' he said, putting his bowl on a table beside the bed. "'Try it.' He swung his feet out of the bed, pushed off with his hands, but instead of standing he lunged face forward and would have fallen had not Cat braced him with both of her hands on his chest. "'What's happened? Did, did you give me something?' Cat steadied him as the floor under his feet tipped sideways sea seagoing reflexes tried to balance, as they had on Cygnus' angled deck, but he sat down heavily on the bed. Her dark eyes looked into his with the reserve of someone who understood emotion, but refrained from it. "'I didn't, but someone on the ship did. Arneb told me about it. He says it's likely you'll be feeling a bit strange for a few days yet. You need to sleep and dream.' "'and catch up with yourself.' "'Strange,' Estrella asked, "'thinking of how the sailors had behaved after drinking poteen. "'What do you mean, crazy?' "'Just not yourself. "'Nothing to worry about,' Estrella looked at her dubiously. "'How are the others?' "'Your friend Damon is right as rain. "'He's no heavy thinker, but he's strong and healthy, "'and Sarah tells me that he's—well, never mind. "'You'll find out soon enough.' I don't know about Cam, except that he's sharp, and that's for certain. What goes on behind his eyes I have no idea. Arneb, he'll come through, but it'll be a while before he gets his strength back. You can see for yourself. I'll send them in to you. She turned towards the door. Where's Lindy? He asked, the words coming out of his mouth unbidden. I last saw her with Sarah, she said as she left the room. "'Estrella sat on the edge of the bed feeling a strange hunger that was not for food. "'He was weak, but alert. "'When he pushed back the sleeve of the nightshirt he had no recollection of having put on, "'he saw the green stone glowing gently in its clasp. "'As he slowly put on his black breeks from Cygnus, "'which Cat had folded at the foot of his bed, "'and then a loose white shirt he had never seen before, "'he wondered what she had made of the bracelet, "'and how much she knew or guessed.' He was pulling on his soft-soled sea-going boots when there was a knock at the door. "'So, Strayer, how you doing?' Cam stood in the doorway, grinning. Damon and Arnib looked over his shoulders. "'It's good to see you,' said Straya. The three came into the room. Arnib lowered himself cautiously onto the chair, and the other two sat on Straya's bed, Cam's feet dangling above the floor. "'Well, Strayer, we ain't been brought on board yet, cause they're waiting for you.' But we've been being instructed in the rules of Mattress.' The rules? You tell him, Damon. Start by telling him about the meeting, said Arneb. Uh, start by telling me when all this happened, said Astrea. Last night, said Damon. I was there, remember? Well, no, Astrea, said Arneb. You've been on the watch below for two days. Two days?' they all nodded. "'Right,' said Estrella, trying to look as if he was not dismayed by losing two days of his life. Uh, "'So uh, where were you?' "'You remember what they call the great room, the one with the big fireplace?' Damon began. "'Well, this time we didn't get chairs. That woman, Janice, ran things, and Lindy's grandma just watched, at least most of the time.' We think Janice called the meeting to spite Sarah, because she, Janice, wanted the meeting when we first arrived, and she, Sarah, wanted to wait until you were awake, and Janice was trying to get in her licks first. Arnib nodded. It seems most of the people think that we're here to— To make babies, Cam interrupted. Right, said Damon, that's about it. "'Janice thinks that's rude and nasty, by the way. "'She's not too keen about companionship, affection, "'and the until-death-do-us-part stuff, either. "'I thought she'd object to us because of you two, "'because you're men of the sea, but she never mentioned it. "'She just stood there, looking like someone had made a bad smell, "'and asked Lindy if she had brought us here to provide new blood. "'What? Lindy never—' "'Right again,' said Cam.' and Lindy made that right clear, too. She jumped in, good and loud. They are our guests, she said, and Janice didn't like that a bit, but Lindy stood up to her. You know the way she does. No stopping her. You should have seen Janice's face when Lindy told her. I didn't round them up like a string of stallions. And then the old lady Sarah, she just moved her hand a little, and Lindy sat down. Cam paused, relishing their attention. And then Sarah lifted her head and looked round the room just once, and everyone shut up and stared at her. Even Janice. Especially Janice. So then Sarah said, "'When they've given some thought to what Mattress stands for, all of them, not just the three who are here, we will meet again, and we will all decide.' And then, just about everyone nodded, Except for Janice, that is. She just hunched up her shoulders and pulled in her head like a turtle what's been wrapped on the shell. "'Don't count her out,' said Arnab. "'She's dangerous. She has suspicions.' "'About the men of the sea, you mean?' astrea asked. "'We don't know what or how much she knows, or the others. It's for certain that Sarah knows a lot more than she's saying.' "'About?' The stones? Estrella asked. Arneb nodded, and Damon winced. Never mind those things. You have to know what happened next. The moment Sarah stopped talking, Janice was on her feet and telling us what was what, like a lesson. First off, we've have to be accepted. And she made it some clear that she thought Sarah had been wrong, said Cam. She didn't come right out and say it, but she hinted around that things should have been done different right from the start. She's real big on rules. Rules. First of which is that a man may live here with a woman. One woman, her choice. Janice was very clear about that part. "'Stared at each of us real hard,' Cam added. Second, Damon continued, "'a single woman can leave Mattress, find a man, and come back.' "'Lindy told me about that.' said Estrella. There's more. If he's accepted and agrees to the rules, a man can stay until the baby is born. Then she gets to say if he can stay or if he has to leave. Her decision. Or if she wants to, they can handfast, move out of the home— that's what they call this big house and the outbuildings— and take up farming in the land near here. Or they can both leave and just go away somewhere. But— there's no coming back.' "'That part of it took the wind out of Damon's sails,' said Cam. "'He'd been real interested up to then, especially the part about stallions.' Damon opened his mouth, grimaced, and closed it again. "'What do you want, Damon?' Arneb asked. "'It's the scenery round him,' said Cam, before Damon could answer. "'There's got to be half a dozen girls "'that are looking him over "'almost as carefully as he's looking back. "'More, if you count the ones "'that are too young or too old for him. "'They've been lining up to take turns "'showing him around the place, "'and all of them "'looking like they're wanting to be taken to somewhere they can't be seen, "'like the cow barns and the horse shelter and the mill up by the stream and into the forest and—' "'Damon, who had been silently fingering his moustache, finally reacted. "'He pushed Cam off the end of the bed onto the floor, where he sat cross-legged, grinning. "'I've been helping.' "'said Damon, with as much dignity as he could muster. "'I was brought up on a farm, so I know about how farms are run, "'and how farmers look after the cows,' said Cam, with an enormous wink. "'I can't help it if I am comfortable around women. "'I I, I like the way that they—' "'he was interrupted by Cam's loud snort of amusement. "'Comfortable,' he said. "'You were blushing like a girl when the one with the eyes was looking you over.' Bronwyn is different. She's—he was interrupted by another snort from Cam. Astrea looked from one to the other. She's the one with the eyes, what he's been trailing around after. A remarkable shade of blue, added Onib. Violets, said Damon, like violets touched by sun, dappling through spring leaves. Astrea stared at him. Damon sounded innocent, lovesick, not in the least like the experienced adventurer he had seemed at the castle. Poetry, Cam scoffed. "'Any minute now, you'll be going on about the way she walks.' "'She walks?' began Damon, warming to his subject. "'She walks real smooth,' Cam interrupted, "'each step in line, so she sways just a bit, "'in and out, side to side, and all the way up, if you know what I mean.' "'She's—she's—Lindy's cousin,' said Arneb. "'That's right,' said Damon. "'Lindy introduced us in the schoolhouse. "'Bronwyn was teaching the little girls. "'And a wonderful part of it all is that "'after she'd shown Damon them eyes like violets in a wood, "'she didn't even look in his direction,' said Cam, grinning even wider. "'So Damon has a reason for wanting to stay,' said Estrella. "'What about you, Cam?' "'I've been helping out in the kitchen. There's a woman there named Eileen, and let me tell you she can cook.' "'She's old enough to be your mother,' said Damon. "'Certainly your aunt. And as for size, well, if she was sitting on one end of a bench, it would take three Cams to come near balancing her.' "'That ain't it. All you see in a woman is eyes and stuff.' "'And what a good time you're going to have "'when her legs get all mixed up with yours. "'But there's more. "'What I'm telling you is "'that there's a lot I could learn from Eileen "'about cooking.' "'So you'd be willing to stay?' "'Estrella asked, puzzled. "'I mean, if you were asked, "'if that's the way it works here.' "'Damon left out one thing,' said Arnab. "'There's a time limit, a test period.' They're going to decide how long we have before we have to leave. Unless, of course, if one of you gets chosen, supplied Cam. Men don't do a lot of choosing around here. We get to make nice, and if we're lucky or unlucky enough to please someone, we're in. More like out, said Damon, outside the walls. Close to Mattress, but not part of it. "'Could be a good thing for someone who knew all about farming and light violet eyes,' said Cam. "'Or someone who only wants to cook,' said Damon. "'Then there's a possibility that it could work out for you two, Estrella asked. This silenced both Cam and Damon, who looked at each other, neither wanting to speak first. "'Well then, Arneb,' "'said Estrella, trying to keep his voice neutral. "'It looks like we'll be slipping lines to shore soon.' "'Sailor talk,' Damon grunted. "'But you're not going to leave me behind. "'What about you, Cam?' "'Not a chance,' said Cam. "'We're in this—or, more likely, out of it—together.' "'Estrella looked at his feet, feeling their eyes on him, "'guessing that all three were resisting the urge to ask him about his feelings for Lindy, "'and were probably aware that he didn't know himself.' Cam broke the awkward silence. Why don't you ask Arneb about the company he's been keeping? He's as likely as the rest of us to get chosen. Arneb stirred in his chair. Estrella met his dark eyes below uneven eyebrows, one puckered by Lindy's stitching. I've been listening, he began. You've been walking and talking with Kat a good deal longer than it takes for her to see that your face is healing, said Cam. "'I've been listening, picking up a little of the history of Matris.' He paused, but no one interrupted. "'A long time ago, roughly when the men of the sea took to wandering, there were two, maybe three, big families that arrived here by sea. They were escaping the troubles that happened when before turned into after.' Astrea opened his mouth to ask a question and closed it again. Just about all of them were women and children, except for three or four men who had collected several wives each, mostly from the women whose husbands hadn't survived the troubles. Not much of a deal for the women who came second or third, I dare say, but at the time the alternatives must have seemed even worse. Well, these men, and whatever ship sailed them here, found this place, which had been standing empty for years— almost as if it had been waiting for them. Whoever it was that built it in the first place had chosen a good spot to live—forest for timber and firewood, fish in the bay, flat and fertile land to farm, even iron that could be mined and smelted out of the rocks further inland. Best of all, it's defensible. "'What do you mean?' Damon asked. "'Well, Damon, in between gazing into Bronwyn's eyes and watching the way she walks, you must have noticed that the big house we're in is fortified by the earth wall we climbed up and down when we arrived. It runs all the way around and takes in a fair amount of ground. We all saw how tricky the approach by sea could be if you didn't have Lindy as a pilot. And there's more to it than that.' "'Beyond the forests there are rocky hills east and west, "'bog and drowned land beyond the farms to the north, "'and the tracks to the outlying houses, the mill, the fields, and the forest. "'All have clever defences, like the rockfall Lindy's uncle was tending.' "'Didn't do them much good, did it?' said Damon. "'From what I hear, they were attacked and just about all the young men taken. "'That's why there are so many young women and girls.' "'Men of the sea who were kidnapping sailors,' said Estrea. "'We're not sure, Estrea, said Arneb. "'Possibly. "'But you're getting ahead in the story. "'As I said, the first families, clans, whatever you want to call them, "'were headed by men who had many wives. "'The men wanted sons to do the work, so they kept their wives having babies. huh? until they died of it. "'said Estrella, remembering what Lindy had said about Matris. "'They were slaves, but then the women took over.' "'And called it Matris?' said Arneb, nodding. "'How it happened isn't too clear. "'It's for certain that more than one of the head men didn't survive. "'Perhaps the others were expelled. "'But who did what to whom isn't something they talk about. "'The whole event has been turned into a story that everyone learns by rote.' "'you can tell when they talk about it, in their school.' "'He let his voice rise and become almost sing-song. "'And then the women of Matris rose up "'and took their rightful places to lead their families, "'living in peace and mutual support, "'so that they never again might fall into slavery "'at the hands and wills of men who... "'and so on and so on like that.' "'Considering how they'd been treated,' It doesn't sound like such a bad idea, said Estrella. It wasn't, said Arneb, and I wasn't mocking them. It took courage, and it worked quite well. For a while. And then came the snatch, said Cam. You've been listening to more than recipes from your friend the cook, said Arneb approvingly. The snatch? Estrella and Damon spoke at the same time. That's what they call it. "'One night, about a dozen years ago, Mattress was raided. "'It was a precise operation. "'The attackers knew how to get in, where to look, "'and how to get back out again with what they wanted.' "'Which was?' Astrea asked. "'What's unusual here?' "'Too many women,' Cam muttered. "'Hardly any men and boys,' said Astrea "'At first I was wondering why, but it's obvious.' "'They were kidnapped by men of the sea.' "'You don't know that,' said Damon. "'I mean, it could be that the men who were expelled came back to steal their sons.' "'That would explain at least one of them knowing how to break in,' said Cam. "'Men of the sea. Who else needs crew? "'What do you bet Mufrid's behind it?' "'Mufrid's dead,' said Onim. "'But I'd feel better if I'd seen his body.' Maybe he had help from the men they drove out, said Cam. Twelve years ago only two of the great ships had been lost, said Arneb. I can tell you for certain it wasn't spindrift that did the raiding, but I have to admit that there was a fair amount of recruiting, kidnapping, said Australia. Kidnapping? Arnab agreed. It wasn't that way at first. But you can't keep a fleet at sea for near a century without fresh crew. Before the childless years, there were the seaborne, like myself. After that. He left his thought unfinished, and for a few moments nobody spoke. Secretly, all three were adding and subtracting numbers in their heads and coming to the conclusion that Arneb was considerably older than he appeared. What about the men who are here in Matris now? Damon asked. "'Whoever the kidnappers were, they didn't take the very old or the very young,' said Arneb. "'And from time to time, before and since then, men have showed up and stayed, "'like Lindy's uncle, for example. "'And I imagine her father, too. "'But that's a no-go subject as well.' "'How did Justin get here?' Estrella asked. "'You will have to ask him yourself,' said Arneb. "'Though I wouldn't advise it.' They're all strangely close-mouthed about the past. Perhaps it's that they don't want to talk to us because we're new. But it's clear that those who know won't tell, and the younger ones who don't know can't. Cat's not like the others. She's been willing to explain a bit about the past. Everyone else behaves as if they've taken an oath of silence. Even Sarah. And she's Lindy's grandmother. That's right, said Cam. "'and I think I know who's behind it. "'When I was talking with Eileen, "'she said something about me being the right age "'to have been taken in the snatch. "'And I asked, what was that? "'And she was going to tell me, "'but that Janice came into the kitchen "'like she'd been listening at the door, "'and stared at Eileen enough to singe her scalp. "'After that, there was no chance "'of me asking any more questions. "'That woman is dangerous,' said Arnab, "'the second time. Estrella looked at him thoughtfully. So are we. Damon was right. The stones could draw Mufrid to where we are, and he's sure to do more than just ask politely for them. Mufrid's dead, said Arneb as if to convince himself. John got him, and his sons aboard Cygnus dumped Estrella, so they're not likely to come looking for him. And just in case— I made sure the Dirty Duck's shipstone is safely stowed aboard Seafoam. It's in your jacket pocket, under the companionway. What about my clasp? I'm sure Cat has seen it on my arm, and the fact that she hasn't mentioned it just about proves that she knows what it is. Maybe," said Arneb. "So we don't have the right to put them all in danger. I don't think we are, Australia." The clasps don't reach past the horizon, or through hills and cliffs, like what's around here. And the shipstone is in its case in sea-foam. Oron saw my stone when it lit up after my mother gave it to me. And when I used her echo-stone, I could see Lindy's stone days away from shore.' He stopped to consider the complexity of the problem. "'You're thinking that we should leave, because—' "'Well,' said Estrella, "'I don't think that's necessary—at least not right away. Your stone and Lindy's were both started by you, which suggests that they are—how shall I say—in tune with each other. That makes it easier for either of you to find the other. But I doubt young Dabby will be able to see them.' "'But you said you could hear us loud and clear when we tried to reach each other. You were both within horizon range or close to it, and you're both powerfully noisy. So long as you don't start blasting at each other, we're all reasonably safe. "'I don't know what you're talking about,' said Damon, "'but I still think you should take the lot and toss them into the sea.' "'Toss who into the sea?' Cat asked, as she pushed the door open. "'Not me, I hope.' There was a guilty silence, in which the four stared at her, and she gave each of them one of her quick, penetrating glances. "'If you're ready, Astrea, it's time to get up,' he stood up, swaying slightly. "'I'm ready. Then we're off.' They walked down the central passage of the home, past the entranceway, and on into the great room that took up most of the west wing. There were more people standing waiting than had been present on their arrival, and this time they were in outside clothes rather than nightgowns and shawls. As he followed Kat down the open space in the middle of the room, astrea glanced from one side to the other. He noticed minor variations in their clothes. Most of the women wore shin-height skirts, woven in soft colours, no two exactly the same, but the differences were subtle. Their blouses were also individual in both colour and cut, but only because each woman had made minor departures from a demure and modest standard pattern. Most of the women and girls were fair or blonde, with their hair cut and arranged according to their age. The young girls' hair fell past their shoulders, held back by a band or ribbon. The young women braided their hair, some of them letting it hang over their shoulders or down their backs. The older women, who Estrella guessed were mothers or of an age to be one, wore their hair coiled in braids around their heads. Sarah, alone among the elders, let her white-streaked, honey-blonde hair fall past her shoulders like the young girl's. Cat stopped abruptly. Estrella almost stumbled into her. She gestured for them to stand facing a low platform at the end of the room on which eight people were sitting in a line. Five were already occupied by women. Two of them were so old, stooped, and shrunken in their dark and voluminous clothes that their chairs looked too big for them. Cat took her place in the only empty chair beside Justin, Lindy's uncle. Estrella would have looked longer, but his attention was caught and held by Sarah's blue-grey eyes, only two or three paces in front of him. She leaned slightly forward in her chair, and he saw her lips move minutely in unspoken words that he fancied were directed at him, but which he could not interpret. The effect was disturbing, making him feel stupid. His clasp tingled against his arm, and he looked left to see Lindy standing amongst perhaps a dozen or more fair-haired young women behind Sarah, several of them little more than girls, all with hair much longer than hers. Estrella wondered whether she had cut her hair before or after she had left Martris. He was trying to make up his mind why the women of her age seemed so bland and featureless beside her when Janice stood up from the chair next to Sarah and took a step forward. We are here to decide whether any of these men may be admitted to Mattress, and before we make that decision, let me remind you all that we are not talking about full membership, but only the right to remain on probation as long as they obey our rules. Each must have a sponsor, who will speak for, watch over, and be held responsible for the behaviour of the man they choose to guide. They are guardians— They must monitor and report anything untoward or unacceptable, particularly if any woman of mattress seems likely to enter a relationship with the men in their charge. If the guardian is not vigilant, and the man is guilty of inappropriate behaviour, she will share expulsion with the man for whom she is responsible. Now, do we have four women who are willing to undertake this task for the good of the community?' She looked around the room, her eyebrows raised into dark peaks. A rotund woman with a white apron over her blue skirt pushed her way through some of the younger girls into the space in the middle of the room. "'I want the little one, Cam, in my kitchen, where he can help me cook, instead of wandering around telling the rest of you how he'd do it better than me.' Laughter rippled around the room, in which Janice did not share. "'Very well, Eileen, if you're sure you can keep control of him.' Eileen muttered something heard only by those around her, several of whom snorted or chuckled, leading to a wave of soft chatter as her comment was whispered around the room. "'Your name, and then repeat after me,' said Janice. "'Cam,' he said brightly, "'and then repeat after me.' A few guffaws at his cheeky response were instantly suppressed. They were followed by nervous giggles as some of the girls nudged each other, The adult faces were all tight-lipped and firm. Janice glared furiously at Cam. I promise to respect the word and advice of my mentor Eileen. Now, say it. I promise to respect the word and advice of my mentor Eileen. So, now, do I get to go to the galley, uh, kitchen? You do not. You will stay out of the home unless Eileen summons you. She took a deliberate breath, and endeavoured to smile away the annoyed turn in her voice, but no one was deceived. First light, to-morrow morning, Cam,' said Eileen cheerfully, as she stepped back among the women lining the sides of the hall. "'You got it, Eileen,' said Cam. "'I'll take Damon,' said Justin suddenly. Estrella had the distinct impression that someone had nudged Lindy's uncle into action— He studied the diffident expression on Justin's face, remembering what he had seen in the man's posture when first they met. Now that there was light to see Justin's features, Estrella noticed lines around his eyes that gave him the expression of a man who was constantly anticipating some unpleasant event. "'I'm not sure that it's a good idea,' Janice began. "'I am,' said Sarah. "'A young man needs a man he can respect.' A low murmur of approval spread around the room. Two of the older women were nodding. "'Thank you, Justin,' said Janice. "'Your experience caring for the young boys will no doubt help you instruct him in our customs. You, then, Damon, is it? Repeat after me.' While Janice and Damon alternated through the promise, his voice as even as Cam's had been brash— Estrella watched a group of women make way for a tall, willowy girl who moved forward between two of the older women, where Damon could not fail to see her. Her hair was so blonde it was almost white, and so fine it haloed her face and shimmered on her shoulders. He could not see if her eyes were violet, because her face was in shadow, but he was sure she must be the Bronwyn who had so attracted Damon. She wore a blue-grey garment for which Astrea did not have a name. It fell from her shoulders to her ankles, outlining each slender leg when she moved. She stood gracefully, her head inclined respectfully towards Janice. astrea looked at her as if to sketch her outline on a page, and saw in his mind's eye a series of long, flowing lines following the edge of her skirt up from the floor to where one hip touched the fabric— and on to the merest suggestion of her breasts underneath the cloth. The bright cascade of her hair framed her face and long, elegant neck. The rest of her was mysteriously invisible. In the back of his mind he heard Gar's voice saying, "'You cheated, astrea Where's her body, for goodness' sake? Let's see all of her—hip, thigh, bottom, and breasts!' astrea soundlessly answered the voice in his head. "'It's not that, Gar.' This girl's somewhere inside those clothes, but she's too slim for what's inside to do more than touch the outline of the fabric, and then only when she moves. And when she does, it's like a -a peekaboo. Maybe here's a breast. Perhaps there's a thigh. Possibly that's a hip. And now they're all gone before you can draw them. I'd have to hint at a knee there and a shoulder there and draw a little foot just outside the hem of her skirt.' His lips moved silently as he continued the conversation. "'It's funny, isn't it, Gar, how for some women your eyes stop at their clothes. I mean, look at those grandmothers in their chairs. Greek grandmothers, some of them. You'd draw their skirts and their shawls like you'd draw empty clothes draped over a chair. And then you'd concentrate on the history that's in their faces.' In his imagination, Gar interrupted him with a grunt, a wry smile— "'raising the corners of his mouth. "'And then there's the ones whose clothes are just in their way, "'like the tavern girls we saw, "'almost falling out of their blouses, "'constantly pushing their skirts up and down their thighs.' "'Once more he heard Gar's voice in his mind. "'Skin! And all that's in it, Estrella! Flesh! "'Like when you finally saw Lindy!' "'This time it was Estrella who interrupted. "'Lindy's different, Gar! She's somehow... "'Both. She's in her clothes and shining through them when she lets you see. "'Damon said it. She doesn't flaunt.' "'He thought he heard Gar's chuckle. "'You're not listening. Yes, you, the black-haired stranger. "'If you want to remain here, you'd better pay attention.' "'Janice's voice cut through Estrella's waking dream, "'and he looked up to see her frowning at him. "'I'm sorry.' I didn't mean to offend. Then say your name. Astraea. Now repeat after me. I promise to respect the word and advice of my mentor, Catriona. I promise to respect the word and advice of my mentor, Catriona. Astraea looked at Cat as he completed the formula. Sarah stirred in her chair, and seeing heads turned towards her, Janice swung around. Sarah smiled at her. It's probably a good idea that mentors have met and spoken with the man they sponsor. Estrella noticed two ancient heads nodding. Lindy's uncle looked dubiously at the four of them, one by one, lingering on Arneb, the last one remaining. With which in mind, I'll speak for Arneb, Sarah continued. You'll what? Janice's question popped out of her mouth before she realized how it would sound. Uh, um— Uh, "'Sarah, are you volunteering to mentor him?' Sarah nodded. "'It seems more decorous "'than to have one of the girls do the job,' she said. "'Very well,' said Janice. "'Repeat after me.' "'I promise to respect the word and advice of my mentor, Sarah.' Arneb's deep voice rode over Janice's attempt to regain control. "'And I thank you.' He lowered his head respectfully towards Sarah, completely ignoring Janice, whose eyebrows contracted into a single furrowed line. "'There will be a dark son of a fair mother,' quavered an aged voice, and all heads turned towards one of the ancient faces. "'One whose fate it is to follow his father, and his father's father, and—' The voice trailed away. "'Well, Mother Mavis, you can be certain that any such son is not going to be mine,' said Sarah. Again there was suppressed laughter that Janice stared down. When there was silence she spoke again, her voice clipped and demanding. "'That concludes the judgment. The strangers will occupy the guest-house, save for when they are invited to the home for meals. They will meet with their mentors each day for instruction.' "'You may all go now.' Estrella turned around to face the door, where already a swirl of long skirts was making a pattern of soft colours as women and girls started to leave. "'Just a moment!' Lindy's voice cut through the shuffle of feet and voices. "'When did we stop deciding things together? And when was voting abolished? What's been going on since I left?' "'Things are been a lot quieter without your selfish interruptions,' Janice snapped. His face is turned round to look at Lindy, who had pushed through the front row to stand on the lip of the low platform. "'Women of mattress, and men too, are you satisfied with what has happened here today? Because I'm not. When I was growing up, we decided together. People spoke up. We traded advice and comments and views. We talked together until we were of one mind and knew that we would work together to accomplish what we'd decided to do.' "'and we confirmed that we had reached a consensus "'at the conclusion of any business.' "'No one spoke. "'The shuffling of feet ceased, "'and Lindy looked into the faces before her "'and saw that some were blank, "'some surprised, some puzzled. "'And your point is?' "'demanded Janice. "'Does anyone object? "'Besides your arrogant self, that is? "'Does anyone want a different outcome?' "'No one spoke.' "'Then what outcome would you prefer, Lindy? "'Perhaps you would like everyone to report to you for sage advice, "'based upon all that you have learned during your adventuring? "'Maybe you would like to mentor all four of the men you brought here, "'since clearly for you one is not enough.' "'Lindy flushed bright pink, and Estrella moved towards her involuntarily. "'Or would you prefer to take your pick now?' "'This one, perhaps, who didn't seem to be able "'to keep his mind on what was happening.' "'Lindy turned towards Sarah. "'Grandmother?' "'The old lady stood up to her full height, "'raised her chin, and spoke slowly but clearly, "'her eyes taking in the room as a whole. "'Janice has offered the opportunity for objections, "'and since you don't seem to have any specific issue to raise, "'I think we can leave discussion about the conduct of meetings.' to another time. Lindy's shoulders sagged forwards as if she'd been struck in the midriff. She looked despairingly at her uncle, shook her head so vigorously that her blonde hair whipped her face, took a deep breath, stepped off the platform and strode towards the door. Women and girls alike, separated to let her through and then crowded behind her, whispering. Astrea looked about him and saw that Lindy's uncle was staring at him, one hand slightly extended, palm down, signaling him to be still. Astrea's fingers touched his mouth to silence the protest that welled up inside him, and he felt his hand tremble. He resolutely shoved both hands into his pockets and balled his fingers into fists. "'Easy there, lad,' said Arneb quietly at his shoulder. won't help to make any more of it.' Astrea replied through clenched teeth. "'I know.' "'but I don't like that she was—that we had—we had absolutely no say in what happened to us.' "'I'm with you there,' said Cam. "'And I guess Neb feels the same way. "'But we seem to have lost that one.' He tipped his head to point with his chin towards the back of the fast-emptying room. Estrella followed his glance to see Damon standing next to Bronwyn. He could not hear what they were saying, but it was clear that Damon's charm was not working as well as he wished. Bronwyn raised one hand, in a graceful gesture that unequivocally indicated the end of the conversation. Damon turned away with obvious reluctance, and then stood watching as she walked past him and on out the door. "'The lad's got it bad,' remarked Arneb. "'We won't be getting a lot of sense out of him for a while.' Justin touched Damon on the shoulder and Astrea saw his head jerk as if he'd been summoned from sleep a swift flurry of dark blue skirt below a white blouse a swift flurry of dark blue skirt below a white blouse and cat was plucking at Justin's sleeve she murmured something and he nodded an instant later she was back to where the three men stood in one quick-footed rush with Damon following uncertainly behind her to the guesthouse See me in the morning at the sick-rooms, Bring our Neb with you. He needs his dressings changed. Damon, pick up your feet. Cam, come back to the kitchen before supper, because whatever she said, Eileen will be glad of help. And— She paused, seeing Cam was already going out the door, and gave a little nod of satisfaction. Now, until supper, off with all of you. As they went out into the late afternoon, Cam paused until the three caught up with him. "'Now then,' he said, "'all together, everyone, bleat. "'That's right. Ba 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 ba. "'Estrea followed Cam, Arneb, and Damon "'to the low, cottage-like house not far from the home, "'within the defensive wall. "'The single lantern with which it was equipped "'revealed a common room with beds all along the back wall. "'Homie, it? "'Nothing too good for the visiting gentlemen?' Estrella had expected that when they were alone all four would talk about what had happened in the great room of the home, but Cam's sarcastic observations failed to arouse any response from Arneb, and Damon's thoughts were clearly elsewhere. There was little or no conversation before or during supper, and when they returned to the guest-house they all went silently to bed. You have been listening to the Astrea Trilogy, written and read by Seymour Hamilton. All three books are available in electronic and paper formats from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Chapters. Visit astreatrilogy.com for more about Astrea's world. This audio version is licensed under the United States Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0.